listening to Garbage Hill, Winnipeg's first podcast network, GarbageHillNetwork.com. Hey, what's up? This is Nal Baxiligari from Faux Pas Funk. You're listening to Witch Police Radio.
welcome to another episode of Witch Police Radio. Uh, today, uh, for some reason, I'm doing the introduction. <laughs> We're sitting in my living room. Um, your co-host, uh, Sash Sidekick, Ryan Sanders. Uh, with, of course, your regular host, Sam. Yep. And we're sitting here with Niall from Faux Pas Funk. Hello. Um, an interesting, good uh, funk project coming up in the city of Winnipeg. But somewhat being written from the city of New York, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, so I'm in New York. I've been in New York for the past year. A lot of the music that will be on our first record um, was a product of the year before I moved to go to school. So that's all stuff that I wrote in Winnipeg. But now where I'm just putting together some new stuff, we're just coming up with some new repertoire, hopefully for our second record, which is all being written in, in New York. Or just like, you know, after a year of school type thing. Okay, I think this needs some some context for us. Okay, yeah. See, yeah. that's why I'm not allowed to do things. No, it's fine, it's fine. It's no, it's not. It's, I'm sweating like a fucking crazy person. Yeah. And I can't fucking talk. I'm fumbling my words. That's why I... Okay, uh. okay, so... Okay, first of all, I'd like to mention I dropped a whole cake on the floor before you guys came here. Did you? Yes. Like in a... Well... Seven-eighths of a cake, let's say. <laughs> I, I got up and I said, One I want a piece of cake. <laughs> and I dropped... No, I had already eaten that piece of cake, luckily. And then I dropped the entire fucking thing. So, if I seem flustered... It's because that's, of the cake. Yes, it's okay. the cake. But that's not an interesting food factoid. You have another one later? I, I do. Okay. okay. We'll, get, we'll get to that. All right. Later. Okay, so, I, for context, um, I mean, I guess... For people who aren't familiar with you, sure, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, where are you coming from? I'll, I'll kind of give an introduction to me sure. and, then, and also the group. So, my name is Niall Baxter-Ligari. Uh, I'm a Winnipegger. Uh, I play saxophone. Um, I've gone. I went to the U- University of Manitoba for my undergrad, uh, my bachelor degree at the jazz program there. Studied with Jimmy Green. Uh, hooked up with like, you know, studied with Steve Kirby and Quincy Davis, all the professors they have there. Cool. Then uh, after I finished school, I took a few years off and worked around the city. Uh, I had this one gig I had to book, and it was this one-off kind of show. I was going to put a band together of music that I wanted. I wanted to write some different kind of music. So, largely I was writing a lot of original jazz compositions before that, but I wanted to try something a little bit more, not mainstream, but that would reach a different audience, okay. more more uh, general audience. So I went to this, uh, went to talk to the booker of this gig, and was putting together a band that would play folk, rock, and pop music, is how I described okay. it. And then kind of came up with the name Faux Pas Funk, uh, okay. started yeah, writing yeah. music, uh, kind of what I was listening to at the time. Uh, the gig ultimately fell through, thank you, which is funny, but the band survived, so. Okay. It ended up being, a, a, I think we're in our third year now, it's all original, all original music, all instrumental music, and it kind of explores, it explores R&B and funk influences, but in a modern context. Okay. And it's, it's kind of a party dance band, but with really intricate and intelligent arrangements. Is there that's, something? I would, th- I would say that's pretty accurate. I caught you guys at Jazz Fest. And uh, it was definitely a little, a little more complex than music I think I could ever really get into my head. <laughs> but definitely fun dancing yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I think we try to contrast the, the, and you know, it's fun for us to play because there's really cool arrangements, really intricate kind of parts and complex parts. But we try to also keep it singable. All the melodies. Okay memorable and then all the tunes kind of at a certain dance tempo or a groove like not try to mess with the groove or mess with people dancing too much is so. there someone you would compare it to like i mean for um, for the uninitiated who yeah, yeah. Can, can place it on the map sort of a musical well not anybody too big i mean the the most uh pertinent comparison would be snarky puppy have you guys heard of snarky I don't puppy know. okay so they're a band um they're based out of brooklyn new york but the guy was from they went to they met at University of North Texas, 
So they kind of formed this studio band. Um, they recorded and did background tracks for like Snoop, jo- Snoop Dogg and okay. all these people did all these tours. And now they're kind of, they've been touring on their own for the past few years. They just won a Grammy for their last record. I, I haven't really checked out too much. To be honest, I've never really checked out too much of the Snarky Puppy stuff, but it's a similar project okay. if people okay. knew who that was then. No, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, like this, check them out, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, and then as far as, as, far as the jazz stuff goes, I mean, was that where you were coming from musically before you started all this? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I not was... Not obviously the school, but just as a, as a listener and stuff, were you... Yeah, as a listener, guy? when I was growing up, I mostly listened to jazz, and then in high school, I was super into uh, psychedelic rock, yes, okay. and... Uh, oh, like know, full on, eh? Like full yeah, on. yeah, that kind of stuff. I really got into R&B, or started getting into R&B when I joined this cover band um, when I was 18. Do you, do you guys remember Retro Rhythm Review? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Okay, so I played with them for three or four years at the King's Head. We did every second Tuesday. And that was, you know, that was my first time really hearing a lot of those songs, like really listening to Michael Jackson and really listening to, yeah, yeah. or, you know, checking out those tunes, checking out Ohio players and all these, playing all this great music. So that really got my, that piqued my interest for R&B, and so I kind of dove in, you know, really got into Erica Badu and cool. D'Angelo, the neo-soul stuff, and then I met, uh, a guy came up from Dayton, Ohio, uh, who's still in Winnipeg, uh, our drummer who's with Faux Pas Funk named Kevin Waters, and in Dayton they have this amazing funk tradition, you know, in, in Ohio in general, yeah. but uh, in Dayton and in in that area a lot of great funk bands in the 80s came out so he really sh- hit me to like zap and roger and lakeside oh, cool. and all these other electric funk bands so and then i kind of you know just started writing music and taking it from there i guess so it's definitely has a jazz bass but it's kind of my exploration of fucking r&b for me. and you're the sole writer for the group i mean it's all you um, earlier you're writing it in new york so generally yes every tune is a little bit different and the tunes have undergone dramatic change since I first brought them in. So, some songs that we've been playing for three years have all these different sections added to it. Um, I, I guess I'm the principal composer for all the tunes except one. The okay. our keyboard has brought in one tune, but we've kind of group wrote or you know jammed on some tunes and added sections right, yeah, and stuff like so. that. So, um, but the new stuff since I've been in New York, yeah, it's mostly just been me charting everything I'll bring it to rehearsal and kind of saying okay what's going to work next okay. what can we cool. add the group is really big actually um, we have two guitar players a keyboardist bass drums um, saxophone and trumpet so and percussion I would like to add another keyboard player a synth player so then we'd have two guitars and two keyboards cool. like one person playing clav and organ one person playing synths because just to get like all these different lines and sounds happening in a, at a live show yeah 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 do you, I mean, do you double up on some of those when you're recording to, to add that sound you want? Or? Um, when we record, no, we just overdubbed. Okay. So on the record, you'll hear multiple guitar lines, but we only had one guitar player at the time. Right, right. So actually, the, the record, the way we did it, we did, um, we took one day and we knocked out five tracks. Holy shit. That's pretty good. We, yeah. we did it live off the floor, like no nice. click, uh, minimal splicing. I think we spliced like one or two tunes. I find when it comes to stuff that's really coming from the heart, Live Off The Floor is a good way to go a mm. lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially tracking seven different, right, seven different musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it would be a real fun well, edit. Also, just like the nature of the group, it's because it's, we're all jazz musicians, we're all, right. we are able to do that live and we kind of feed off the energy. 
Uh, well, yeah, I guess something, something groove-based, right? I mean, it kind of would suck a lot of the fun out of it if you're not, not right in there as a group, right? So, yeah. yeah. Every song is different. This, like, for instance, the single is not as interactive, but a lot of the songs, there's more interaction going on between the members and stuff like that. Okay. Um, Cool. Well, um, I do want to ask you some more stuff. I mean, we have totally, some more questions, yeah. especially about the New York thing and what you're doing there. But before we get into that, uh, the way the show works, if you haven't heard it before, is we press a button on a computer, gives us a word, and that word is used to kind of... I used to say that it dictated the flow of the conversation. Often it doesn't, but it, it definitely make, makes some interesting uh, interesting discussion, kind of starts from some of the song choices. So uh, this week the word was host, which host. is pretty good, because yeah. we're hosting the show. And, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, did you have any songs you wanted to pick to start things off? I have two songs. What's your first one? So... Hmm. Uh, the first one I'm going to go with is is kind of this this one is more of a stretch I guess. No wrong uh, answers. So well, there's only one wrong answer. We'll see if you. <laughs> we'll see if I yeah. We'll see if it's a, this may be it. I don't know. Uh, so when I when you told me host, the word was host. Uh, the, one of the things I thought of was just the internet, like hosting an internet. Okay, so right, yeah. There's a. RM Neo Soul R&B band out with the Sid the Kid from Odd Future okay. called The Internet and I was just reading an article about them in Fader magazine and she was okay. talking about how Pharrell was an influence on them and Pharrell's also an influence on me like the Neptune's production yeah, yeah, team yeah. so the first song I chose is a song called Signs from the Snoop Dogg's record Rhythm and Gangster and it's, uh, it's produced by Pharrell I like the yeah. connection, yeah. It's, it's kind of a weird path, but yeah, it, it works. It's okay. kind of a, yeah, it's intricate. It's a weird path. Awesome, let's check that out. I'm not sure of what I see, but don't fuck with me. Why you telling me to see the sign? She's looking in my eyes, mostly no other guys. Why you telling me to see the sign? Legit, you know it's a hit when the Neptunes and the doggy dog finna spit. You know he's in tune with the season. Come in, baby, tell me why you leaving. Tell me if it's weed that you need. If you wanna breathe, I got the best weed, minus seeds. Ain't nobody tripping, VIP, they can't get in. If something go wrong, then you know we get to gripping. Los Angeles, where the helicopters got cameras, just to get a glimpse of our chucks and our khakis and our bouncing cars. You with your friend, right? Yeah. She ain't trying to bring over no men, right? No. She, she ain't gotta be in the distance. She can get high all in an instant.
me, Mama Sita. Have you ever flown on G5 from London to a Vita? You gotta have cake too. You'll have Sundays with your ketones. You'll see Venus and Serena in the Wimbledon arena. And I can Uncle Charlie, you. Charlie, you don't be got me foolish. Don't know what you're doing. Snoop Dogg, Justin Timberlake, the Neptunes was the connection to host. Yeah. I know, kind of weird sideways way, but... It was good, though. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. connected, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just saying that uh, I find that this beat was pretty much tailored around for, for Snoop Dogg. I don't think that his... Uh, I only listened to the first verse of, of his rap, but I didn't find it particularly strong at all. Like, he's like, oh, now you're in the VIP, you need good weed, talk to me, I got good weed, yay. Good, good I don't think you. he cares you know anymore. That. No, well, I don't... I think he coasts. Frankly, I think, I, I think after, uh, for a long time, he's... I think he's, he's been coasting really there for like 20 years. Yeah. ...giving fucking up, but uh, <laughs> I think the Neptunes really made him pop on that, for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's, he, it sounded, it sounded sure. good. Yeah. yeah. And actually, if you think about most of the stuff that he's done recently, in the past 10 years or so, is actually good, is usually... Like a lot of them have the Neptune's involvement. Well, I mean, Snoop Dogg's flow is so. I think that's his strongest. Thing, oh yeah, right? yeah. For I sure. mean, like just like his, he could say so anything. He could read the his, whole book li- that. His lyrical content not not so yeah. deep, but his flow no. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, when you match the flow with a funky producer like Pharrell yeah. and Neptune's team, it just, it just works. Well, and then for Justin Timberlake on top, who seems to perfectly fit their stuff. Oh too. man, and he's yeah. just he's swearing in it. Yeah, which I gotta say, I always appreciate from the guy. I mean, he—he's a pretty soft bet. Like he's the kind of—he's the kind of kid you could bring down to meet your parents. He'd be like, "Oh, fucking Justin Timberlake, you're a nice guy," and he'd yeah. be like, "Yeah, yeah, I am." But he's swearing in this, and I, and I liked it a lot. Yeah. Is uh, who produced his new single? Do you guys know? I heard it. I don't know. I'm not sure who did it. It sounds like something. I don't know. I'm not sure if it's for all, but it sounds like something he would do. Justin Timberlake is still making music. I'm out of touch. Yeah, it's actually pretty killing. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um, so the reason why I like Pharrell and I've been checking him out is that I feel yeah, he really knows and has checked out a ton of the old school R and B. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you know, and a lot of I mean, there's some of his tracks that are straight ripoffs. Like I don't know if you guys have heard uh, Hunter off his. Uh, what record is that? Girl, you know the record okay. Girl. I haven't heard his name. Um, so there's a, a there's a track called Hunter, and it's actually a straight ripoff of a Diana Ross tune, like almost you know. But it's cool. It, it's cool to hear how he takes old R&B and how he brings it into a modern context yeah, yeah. in the hip-hop world, which is also something that I'm interested in and checking out. So, 
It's, yeah. cool. it's just a cool guy to be, you know. Yeah, I feel Pharrell is really influenced from a lot of different places, and yeah. you can you can feel it coming out from him too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was yeah, good. it was a good pick. It's kind of, I feel like the Snoop Dogg Not the wrong answer. They're, they're, still looking for the elusive wrong I answer. I kind of want to know what the wrong answer is, but uh, <laughs> we'll get to it one day. One day we'll get to it. Well, yeah, one day we'll just yeah. hit a gong and yeah. kick somebody off yeah. the show. Yeah. I just kind of feel like Snoop Dogg's like, latter-day albums, they have something like it to be like, okay, I skip, 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 skip. Hey, that's yeah. awesome. Well, like, there's, yeah. well, there's like one yeah. or two that's yeah. just like, oh, this is, this is why I like him, right? And then it's like, I don't care. A lot of those guys of that kind of generation, too, are still making records. Like, if you listen to a new Ice Cube album, it's come on the past. Is Ice Cube still putting out? He's still putting out, right? How could that guy have any credibility to put out any record anymore unless it's like the soundtrack to but it's not, Are We Fucking Committing Suicide? Not, yet? It's the soundtrack. It's, it's like <laughs> the same shit he's always done, but like maybe it's obviously less political. But he's still very angry and stuff. And you listen well, to what he like, tell skip, by the skip, films skip, he's putting out. And then it's like, okay, this is, sounds like Ice Cube. I like this. But it's nothing, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's kind of. Yeah, this record, there's a lot of songs that I skip. I mean, it's the iTunes generation. I can't imagine someone buying this Snoop Dogg album and being like, this is my favorite Snoop Dogg album. It's not going <laughs> to. Well, I mean, I've listened to every track on this record. Like, you know, I, I, listen, I put it on the record and then I listen to it once. And unless it's a record that you can really listen to again yeah, the yeah. whole way through, I don't think there's any shame in skipping. Especially, like, I don't know why. I mean,. I kind of know why, but I don't know why hip hop albums always have to be like twenty tracks long. Yeah, wait, wait, we've talked about this in the show before. There's like ten songs, like half of it is just okay. You know, is, I'd rather have. This like, is the problem. I've, I know I've talked about this in the show before. I apologize to anyone who's heard me rant about this before. But my problem. <laughs> you look rap, really worked up. My problem with rap albums now, though, and, and it's not everybody, but a lot of mainstream rap albums with guys who are you know maybe a little past their prime is that there'll be thirty five songs, ten of them are skits. Every single song is produced by a different guy, yeah. and there's 35 people get Dude, featured on every song. You've got no consistency. And there's no consistency. All my favorite rap albums are mainly from the early to mid-90s, and it's because every one of those albums is produced by the same guy throughout, yeah. or the same team throughout. And it's, you know, like, I mean, something that's produced by the Bomb Squad is going to be amazing. Something produced by RZA only is going to be amazing. Yeah. But then, like, you go to a later Wu-Tang album, like the one they put out a few years ago, and it's boring because it's there's no cohesion between the songs. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's kind of like... I kind of want Pharrell and Netflix to do, like, a whole Snoop Dogg. Yeah, right. I mean, it would yeah, yeah, probably be really be good. Amazing, right? It would yeah. probably be the best Snoop Dogg record in a long time, right? Yeah. I think. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, that was a cool, uh, a cool connection to the thing. So, uh, back to what we were talking about before we heard the song. How does it work with you being in New York and the band being... Are they all here, or are they all... Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's such a big band, and I'm in New York going to school. I'm doing my grad degree. And so next year, our guitar player is going to Michigan for her grad degree. Oh, wow. People are staying in Winnipeg, so I'm not sure how it's going to work going forward. My plan is to kind of do a lot while I'm back in Winnipeg during holidays. So this summer, okay. like, we're... We're uh, you know play some shows, release a single, we'll release the record before I go back to school in September, and then when I get back in Christmas, we'll all be there. We'll record the second record, hopefully, and in between, um, pretty much between September and December, I'll be doing business kind of stuff. Right. I'll be at school doing that whole thing, and but I'll try to be applying for grants, applying for tours, applying for jazz festivals okay. and festivals. So you're still working on it, even though the band's not. Yeah, exactly. Band. I mean. Everyone in the band is such, are such great musicians that we could have one or two rehearsals. Okay. And even if the songs are so complicated, we've played them so many times that they kind of just, they're starting to come back really quickly. Okay. So, um, yeah, hopefully in December we'll record a second record and then tour next summer, tour the cool. first record. Cool. That's fucking just awesome, man. That's maximize the, the time you're home kind of thing? And, exactly. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So, so with, the, with that many people in the band, how, how does the writing process work for you? How do you, how do you write for a band of that size? Um... It's changed over the years. Uh, what I'm trying to do now is come up with as much a base as I can 
so as much a foundation for the song. So okay. if I come up, if I think of the, the bass line or a groove or a chord progression, it can be anything or a melody, and try to have some kind of like skeletal structure to bring in, it can be, the last song I brought in was much more composed, almost every part I had written out, and then it was kind of like, okay, let's fuck around in rehearsal, let's see what we can come up with. So I'll, I'll kind of bring in a foundation or a skeleton, uh, we'll have the band play it, I'll record us rehearsing it, and either we'll try shit there, we'll we'll try to add things, or I'll go home and listen to it and try to, you know, as soon as I bring it to rehearsal, I can kind of hear what it needs. You know, you, you kind of hear, okay, maybe I can add something. This this needs more momentum going into this section, or right, right, right. this needs another line in it. So then I'll go home and try to write something and bring it back next rehearsal. And are you writing for each individual instrument? Like, what do you write on, I guess? What instrument do you write on? Um, usually piano, but you know what? A lot of times, especially for instruments that I'm not so for, a lot of times I have like a skeleton structure or I have a general idea for the instruments, but I'm not going to tell a guitar player what to play unless right. it's very something right. very specific. They're going to know patterns and rhythm, like rhythm guitar stuff way more than I do, especially with two guitar players in the band. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes we'll be jamming and we'll ha uh, one person will have a role, they'll have a job, and then me and the other guitar player will kind of talk, okay, maybe this will sound good, maybe, you know, play the end of two, or, you know, these shots, or maybe just come up with a single, I might just give them a direction, like a single line kind of rhythm part. Okay. But I, th they're such great musicians that they just come up with that shit on their own, you know, and, and they, uh, they know... Um, kind of what the space they need to fill is, how much space they have. It's a, it's a very democratic process when okay. it comes to the rehearsal. Yeah. So as far as, I mean, you said that it's all instrumental, right? Mm -hmm. still, all so instrumental, yeah. Does that, I mean, you know, I played in bands before, and so I, but I, none, none have been instrumental. So, I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, when you're playing in a band that has more of a, you know, standard, okay, here's the chorus, here's the guy singing. Like, it, and especially the kind of music you're doing, too, is it, uh, is a lot of it kind of, I imagine some of the songs are long, I guess is what I mean. Oh, yeah. So is that... <laughs> <laughs> oh I guess some of the songs are long. That's where you landed no, on No, no, I'm trying to get... <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is, is that... I mean, I imagine that's difficult to, to, to actually write for specifically because there's got to be a lot of improvisation happening, right? Or is it actually um, sort of, this is, this, this is the structure? Well, there's different yeah. there's different challenges. There, we, we're trying to limit... Questions. Yeah, we're trying to limit the, the amount of improvisation in the song. Like, not necessarily between members or, you know, right. while the while there's stuff going on, but we don't necessarily want uh, to play the melody and then 10 minutes of just solos. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's not really, it's boring for the audience, it's not what they came here to see. Yeah. So the challenge for me is to condense a song as much as possible uh, into, obviously our songs are way longer than a normal pop group or something, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Five, at least five minutes for each song just to go all the way through, but I, I, I guess I don't mind if they're necessarily long, I just want them to be I don't want any part to overstay its welcome. Okay. So even if the song is 20 minutes long, we have a song that's that is consistently 20 minutes long. It's always changing sections and going somewhere different and surprising the audience or taking them somewhere else. So it's keeping we're trying to engage their interest throughout the entire okay. 20 minutes. I have a better question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 I mean, whether it's you or someone else, is someone providing direction when you're doing this live as to like your part, your uh -huh. part, you know? Directing um, the individual players as to, I mean, there's got to be solos happening, right? Even though it's not 20 minutes of solos, like, is it kind of, is it set in stone? Here's here's where this person solos. Where yeah, this? a lot of it is a lot of it is set in stone. So, because there's such intricate arrangements, and ideally, I'd like the band to be to have no music on stage. I, I you know, this past jazz festival we played, 
a few people had music on stage, but you know, one guy had just joined the band right. the week before because I want you know we wanted another guitar player, so we had him come in. He had two rehearsals and you know had to do the show. So ideally, we'd have no music on stage, and yeah, there is it's very uh, scripted. I would okay. say. Okay. So even even though the solo is improvised, on certain songs we probably have the same soloist. So okay. Jocelyn, the guitar player, knows okay this song at this session this is my solo, I, and then she'll cue some parts coming up. So we have one song where she solos where the song changes dramatically, where it goes into a totally new section and during her solo and she cues that okay, kind of okay. going on. So you're all paying attention to what she's doing there and then you Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. everyone's paying attention. Um, Musicians but, yeah. paying attention. Yeah. Fuck. But <laughs> mostly it's, it's scripted. It's a scripted. Because, okay. yeah, I guess like the, having the music on stage might just, you know, kind of distract mm -hmm. the audience from... Oh, yeah. Ideally, we, we want one any music on stage. Yeah. I mean, and obviously there's variation within the parts. So if like the keyboard playing player is comping, and there's not necessarily a certain comping part that is necessary, they're making it up, or they're impro like Carter's improvising his comping part. But uh, a lot of, uh, or some, you know, a lot of the times there are specific background parts, there's specific interlocking pieces that make the, the you know, okay. the composition. So. Is there, are there certain instruments that are more prominent? As far as you know, soloing. I mean, are there certain soloing. I try to divide it up. Um, uh, Usually, it's guitar or saxophone um, okay. solos or keyboard solos. I try to divide it up so each person gets one solo during a set. You know, we'll play five or six tunes a set or seven tunes, and I want to give everyone a chance to improvise. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to, don't want to hog any solos or have right. one person play on it. So if I can, if if there's enough time to get everyone's head straight, I try to DV up the improvised okay. sections. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the reason I ask is, I mean, I know you mentioned this jazz background. A lot of jazz groups I've seen have a very obvious, mm -hmm. this person is the focal point, right? I mean, everyone's yeah. kind of, and so that's cool. It's kind of more democratic, I guess, more. Yeah. So, I mean, the melodies are usually played with the two horns. Right. So well, trumpet sense, and yeah. saxophone. Although, uh, we do divide it up and we do, you know, some tunes pit sections. So uh, the, the new tunes that I've been writing have been pitting the horns against uh, guitar and keyboard oh, playing cool. in unison. So we'll have kind of a unison or, yeah, unison horn line, and then synth and guitar will answer it, and the horns will play background, you know. So we try cool. to mix it up, who's playing the melody, but. Cool. Do you want to pick a song? Uh, I do, I have a song, or chosen today. I did my homework yesterday. Good. The old handy dandy uh, search button. Um, it's a real literal connection. The song is uh, Game Show Host by Doomtree, off of their self-titled record, Doomtree, cool. from 2008. Never 
I'm a common goal Don't follow robots in a suit and tie And don't trust robots on a soapbox with a shoot me sign I see they drew the line Bang, bang. I'm walking like cash, all you do is divide yeah. So I see you got your war paint All suited up, yep, shoot them up You drill until the core breaks Chew them up, use it up, then you lose the rub So leave them like the people in your life The Desert Eagle is your life Your pride drives, drove you to nowhere Now you're stuck, feathers ruffled in the cold there Another scuffle, bad company, can't cut it through so use the hollow tips, pass the poison and swallow it with glass Follow it the laugh for all the holograms that past is real Now all this solid land's got a plastic feel So take another drag of a smoking gun and bolt Your story's fabricated though you've spoken on your own Game show host We're playing ghosts in the graveyard So, frozen in eight bars Show, now you're hoping to make us cry for you if I were you, I wouldn't hope We're playing ghosts in the graveyard It's high, frozen in eight bars Die, now you're hoping to make us hope If I were you, I wouldn't try 25, medium well-rounded with a working man's halo I served five years in the circus And I'm about to land payroll but some swear I'm hellbound, along with the serpent and the rainbow. But I ain't working for the devil or searching for no angel. I'm working all the angles in this book of human languages. I let the world I know praise the lips of that palm reader. She's calling me the crying uncle. Saying I'm so blind that I color with the serial time killer who leaves her victims with a sign of struggle. Might get shuffled into that haunted house of cards. Hogs just sit there playing with the queen of hearts. It's so different than being in a crowded bar Saying you played the wounded fish and I'll be the shark Alligator, half man Getting back to nature with an 8 track task hand Task at hand, I mean flask in hand Leaving one set of tracks in the sand and no tracks in my arms We're playing ghosts in the graveyard It's high, frozen at 8 bars Die, now you're hoping to make us Hopefully, if I were you, I wouldn't try we're playing ghosts in the graveyard So, frozen in eight bars Choke, now you're hoping to make us cry If I were you, I wouldn't hope We're playing ghosts in the graveyard High, frozen in eight bars Die, now you're hoping to make us Hopefully, if I were you, I wouldn't try Game show host, game show host game show. I've never heard of game show host Doomtree Oh, Doomtree, Doom okay, where yeah. are they from? Uh, Minneapolis Okay. Like a seven or nine person collective, uh, rappers, producers, um, all their beats are done on the fly on NPCs. So they oh, have awesome. two guys cool. back there in their live shows just hammer away on them. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a good group. That's awesome. Yeah. Was the song actually, I mean, I heard them mention Game Show Host in the, the lyrics, but what is the song actually about? Uh, I, it's, uh, I think it's about the, uh, the rap game. Okay. As the youth uh, put it, <laughs> the young people. Put I, it. I, the, the hook is a lot about uh, uh, being being uh, friends in the core but foes in the eight bars and stuff like okay. that. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Cool. yeah. Cool fit. And uh, all the way back from two thousand and eight. So you know, pretty good.
What was your uh, what was your food story you mentioned? Oh, yeah. Well, I, you guys didn't seem very impressed by it, but I <laughs> uh, in 24 hours I ate nine hot dogs. That's well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, you didn't tell us how many. It's a lot of hot dogs. Yeah, this is, it is a lot of hot dogs, and all with I would like I'd like my mother to know all with white buns. Yeah. So uh, you know, <laughs> this is even worse. Yeah. yeah I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. It was okay until you mentioned it's the white buns. The white buns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't even have to say about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, the top seven tacos? I think it's worse than All with tacos. toppings, like ketchup? And well, I did some barbecue sauce, some ketchup mustard. Mm, I didn't want to saturate the ketchup and mustard market in my belly. And then anyway, to celebrate, I went to get a piece of cake and then I fucking the dropped it. The cake happened, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this as a recurring theme of like, <laughs> Ryan eats a large quantity of something every week. I looked at the cake on the floor and I, sh I had the fork in my hand and I almost... I got close. You're like, <laughs> only the bottom is really yeah. fucked up, right? Yeah, it's just like yeah, maybe a couple of purples. Uh, it was it was a full size cake minus I don't know a couple what, slices. What kind and of cake was it? It was um, white with fruit <laughs> on the top. It's like, a, f a f she's not listening. If she was listening, she would tell me a flan cake. Okay, okay I yeah. want to say, and then it has like strawberries I, I, and shit on it. Yeah, 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 that's yeah from Safeway there. Yeah. And if Stephanie hadn't walked into the kitchen at that exact moment, I would have been eating floor cake. Just sitting there eating floor cake, thinking about my hot dogs. Floor cake and hot dogs. Floor cake and hot dogs. That's uh, Glockthorn's next record. Glockthorn's <laughs> next record. Yeah. Totally. People who, people who didn't listen two weeks ago have no idea we're talking about. Well, this, good. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, good for them, man. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> just kind of derailed that one. Back to the conversation at hand. Um, you mentioned a few times that you have the album that you're working on now, and then you kind of uh, have another one written. Yeah, so we recorded, we recorded this uh, a record releasing in September last summer, actually. Okay. So uh, it's just in the mixing process, going to get mixed and mastered and then printed. Cool. Because I was away at school all year, it didn't really give us a chance to mix it at all, but I'm working with this engineer. Do you know Paul Yee? I don't think so. Okay, so he's an amazing local engineer, studio recorder, bass player, drummer. Cool. He's a, he's a real integral part of the Winnipeg art scene, and he's been really helpful. He, he engineered, he recorded the record. Uh, we did all the overdubs with him, um, and now we're mixing the record with him. Just cool. doing a kind of a rough mix right now. And so. when is that actually coming out? Do you have a date for it? Or? We, I have a date booked on September 7th. Okay. I'm not 100% sure if that's going to change or not, but as of right now, September 7th. Cool. Uh, venue? At the Park View. The park, awesome. nice. Yeah, Friends of the show. Yeah, yeah. Friends of the show. Awesome, Good. awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And then so you have some, and then so is it going to be an every year kind of thing? Like every time you get back, yeah, as much as humanly possible. And then yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but I think that might be an okay cycle to fall into yeah. for now. Just uh, next summer, I won't have as much time to be back in Canada because I'll be on what's called OPT, which is optional practical training, which is an extension of my F1 student visa essentially. So okay. I get. A year to stay in the states and work, uh, but I can only be out of the country for a certain amount of weeks. Oh, okay. So I'll be back at Christmas while I'm doing my second year, record the record, and then I'll hopefully try to set up a tour for next summer, and cool. then use a few of my weeks there, and then I'll probably go back to New York. So, so working when you're in the states, is that working as a musician in the states, or is that working just in, yeah, working as a musician? Yeah, it has to be something music related. It has to be related to your studies, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. So. There's not a big music scene in New York City, though, no, right? Imagine, <laughs> yeah. minimal, no. minimal yeah. music yeah. scene in New York. Have you have you been able to see a lot of stuff in New York yeah. that you wouldn't have been able to? Um, am I the asshole who keeps calling New York City as well? It's like Podum, fucking Winnipeg. Well, the city, New York, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna cut the city. Just call it the city. People call it the city. Yeah. Oh wow. I guess, I mean, when you're in New York, 
Right. It's the city. Well, Manhattan is like the city. Oh. And then if you're like in Brooklyn, if you're going to the city, then you're going to okay. you're going Manhattan. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. But I'm, yeah, it's like is there, I imagine there's probably a ton of stuff you want. Man, to there's see. so much stuff that I that you can see. So much stuff I haven't seen. You know, there's yeah. every scene that you can imagine. You know, every genre. Yeah. It, sometimes you know, going to jazz school and being in New York. <laughs> trying to be a jazz musician there, you can kind of be uh, blind, uh, blind, have blinders on in terms of going only to jazz shows. Right, right jazz because there's clubs. so much, I'm sure, happening. Well, I mean, there's so, much, there's so many great musicians playing every night. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's great... I only know a few other venues, but there's like the Brooklyn Bowl and Questlove, like, you know, DJs there every Thursday, cool. or they have, you know, people come through, or I think Badu might have been there or is going to be there in August or something like wow. that. So, um, and I've been to a few other kind of R&B and hip-hop places, but not too many. I gotta do a lot more exploring, especially in in Brooklyn and uh, yeah, and the Bronx in terms of the music. Mostly Brooklyn. There's a lot of great music there right now. So. Cool. As far as that, I mean, just to go back a little bit to the jazz stuff. Like, what? Uh, I mean, jazz is such a uh, like like a lot of temp, like a lot of genres of music. Jazz is a pretty vague term. There's so many yeah, different offshoots and subgenres. Yeah. And so, I mean, what what are you, what are you into as far as jazz? What kind of um, stuff are you like you know most kind of connected to? Well, uh, Quite a bit, I would say. I mean, there's there's so much. There's so much going to, on. Yeah. It's, it's hard to. The school, the U of M, uh, the program that I did when I was 18, uh, or for my first degree, is a very traditional program, okay. which is good. I really liked it. So I, um, and I'm very much into the history of the music too. So checking out, obviously, bebop and beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the bulk of my jazz listening extends to the 1960s. Okay. The stuff that I get into in, in the 70s, uh, of course I get into records in the 70s, but I think the 80% of my jazz listening happens before 1970, I guess. Okay. I don't think that's necessarily right. I, de I definitely need to check out a lot of new stuff. Uh, I've been trying to check out a lot of Brad Maldo recently, just like stuff from the 90s and, and early 2000s. People that, you know, a lot of people in my school, their listening is also all over the place. Right. And a, a lot of my peers, their listening starts in the '90s, or okay. or some of them at least. You know, starts it starts or it starts in the '60s and goes onward. It doesn't really go before the uh, Miles Davis second quintet with Wayne Shorter and Tony Williams, Ron Carter, and Herbie. Like it goes from there onwards. Oh, that's cool. So it's totally different from reference to what you have. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they're into, they're showing me a lot of stuff that I don't know, and it's cool. We get to exchange a lot of uh, different yeah, listening yeah. things. So. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I just find the jazz like is yeah, almost more than a lot of other genres. It's kind of it's very hard to wade into because there's so, so many much. different ways you can go. I mean, I have uh, I listen to a decent amount of jazz, but it's very kind of this one segment of stuff that I like. Sure, I know I like it, and yeah. that's about it. And then it's like I hear other things. Oh, this is cool, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's a hundred years old. Right, right. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I find that uh, R&B is getting to be that way, except that R&B didn't. It's it is continuing now, but it's kind of not as popular or not. Well, R and B is almost a loaded term too, because it like, is. I mean, you know, I listen to a lot of soul music, and I listen to a lot of the neo soul stuff too. Like, I mean, like Eric Badu is an example of some sure. of that. But I mean, when I listen to R and B, I mean, people I like think D'Angelo. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think I think it stacks or, stuff more so. You know, sure. More, more like yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. soul stuff from that era. 
and then, but then something like D'Angelo was completely different, although there's yeah. obviously a connection, right? So it's, it's, yeah. it's, and then whatever kind of pop dance club R&B is, I don't have any, any knowledge of that, I don't well, really want to. Every <laughs> pop dance club, though, is just, there's no point trying to get into it, because it's all just weird combinations of everything, right? Like, right yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know, there's so many, and then... Frankie I, Ocean, like, for newer stuff. Right, 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 right. But Frankie Ocean, to me, is, it sounds like you walked into the studio and they're like, hey, Frankie, we're going pre- to press play. And then you just kind of Dude, make it sound like an R&B record that you remember from your youth, and you're just yeah. like, I can do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, I mean, sorry. Yeah, it's just come up with punk on the show, too. And, you know, punk doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, no. It's just everything is... No, so of course, any any term for a genre, any title is misleading. I mean, even it's funk, right? Funk is hard to kind of... Because what are people expecting, right? If you see the word funk, yeah. someone has an idea in their mind of what that is. Exactly. And, like, someone might be thinking Parliament, someone might be thinking, like, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know what I mean? Like, sure, which, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a connection, obviously, but it's very vastly different than the music, so yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. Jazz. No, but, but jazz, jazz has been around for over 100 years, uh, and so it has it has this crazy expanse yeah. of yeah. music. And it's tough to, I think at this point, if you're going to explore the genre, especially well, as a listener or as a musician, trying to learn something from it, I don't think it's a bad thing to be selective yeah. and to... You know, don't worry about trying to get to everything. Just kind of get to what well, you, you like. Can't, I guess, you right? can't, yeah. you can't get to everything. Yeah, I would say as a genre, it's probably it's got to be the largest and most confusing. Um, it's up there. Besides yeah. classical, I, I well, classical, yeah. classical is a whole yeah. other universe. Yeah, yeah, that that, that, yeah. that shit is crazy, man. Like, well, I mean, yeah, because there's so many centuries of, of music, right? And you're picking like I mean, so many different weird movements. And that's and stuff. just like European classical, you right? Know, right. Until like, all of this shit. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think for jazz, I, I basically just like decided that a lot of stuff that I liked. Jazz wise was on Impulse Records, and I basically just sure. have kind of stuck with that label. As there's like four or five or six guys that I really like who are on that label, so I'm I'm good. If I see an Impulse like there's Orange sure, Spines yeah. on a record, I'm gonna probably check it out, and that sort of works for me for jazz. I think. Yeah, I have a f- well, I have a friend. So my my partner's sister's husband is super into Blue Note. He'll buy like okay. every. Blue yeah, same note, idea. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, same, yeah, yeah. And you can't really go wrong with that, you know. If you're if that's what if that's the style you like, you kind of know what's gonna yeah. have some kind of connection. Exactly, yeah. you can't really go wrong. with well, I'm gonna pick a song that doesn't have anything to do with jazz. Uh, does it have something to do with reggae or dancehall? It does. Yes. Which is kind of uh, you know this is like an ongoing thing here where I just kind of force reggae into every single oh, episode right. when I can, and it's usually it's just because it's the first thing I think of. I, ha- I listen to a lot of different kinds of music, but like you know if I made a pile of albums, reggae would be this big, mm-hmm. and everything else would be kind of descending order of size. So uh, of course that's what I think of normally uh, when the word comes up. So I think of host. I was thinking you know you went the internet way. You went with the, the game show host. Uh, I was thinking like hosting someone for an event or a meal or having people over your house or whatever. So there's a song by Black Uhuru called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And mm-hmm. that fits the hosting someone for dinner thing. Very nice. And I've talked about this band on the show before, but it, wasn't, it was about a year ago. So people who are newer listeners maybe haven't heard that rant. And it's one of my favorite groups. I really like them. But the problem with them is they have, they've had so many lineup changes over the years that there's like four, probably four completely different eras of the band, and there's only one guy who's been consistent through them. So you can say, yeah, I love this stuff, but if you get one record from the 80s, it's going to be way worse, from the late 80s, be way worse than the one from 79, which is going to be totally different from the one put out last year kind of thing. So it's hard to do, but this is actually from the kind of, uh, the good era. <laughs> the okay. good era of Black Girl, Which is like uh, late 70s, early 80s. Um, the singer Michael Rose, who was the, there's kind of like a canonical lineup. Like it's a, I mean, it's a vocal trio, and then they had various people backing them up who were kind of not the focal point of the group, mm-hmm. but the three singers. And the, the main kind of one that people remember is Michael Rose, Ducky Simpson, and Puma Jones. And Ducky Simpson is the only guy who's still in the group. He was never the lead vocalist. He's one of the backup guys, and he's kind of always just carried on whenever people quit. 
or die or whatever <laughs> just we get a new vocalist in there so but that lineup is kind of the the famous one and they put out a bunch of albums from late 70s early 80s in Ireland that are just kind of there's three or four in a row that are just unbelievable and and this is with that lineup it was originally a single that Michael Rose recorded and released solo before he joined the group and then he joined the group and they kind of re-released it as uh, a Black Hero song so yeah okay. check it out Black Hero
We're back. Guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Uh, I always, uh, there was a period where, I don't know how long is it ago, 15 years ago or something, and that was on every single mixtape I had. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I just kept putting it on. I found a bunch of those tapes fairly recently. So, oh, guess who's coming to dinner again? <laughs> it's just like, I don't know, I really, I really, uh, I really dig it. And I, I really like that group, too. They have, I would highly recommend their run of albums from, uh, I guess it's about 78, 79 to maybe 85. Nah, yeah, I gotta check it out. Really, really solid. Were right? you saying Island Records? Yeah, Island Records. Yeah, yeah. it's Sly, Sly and Robbie were part of the band, kind of unofficially. They, I mean, they played the rhythm on every one of the albums, and uh, as well as a lot of really other notable guys. Uh, for some reason, I mean, this is kind of a common thing with a lot of Jamaican groups. Uh, the vocalists are the band, and they're the ones who are in all the promotional stuff. Even though Sly and Robbie were like playing the music on mm -hmm. every one of those records, they're on the back cover, and Black Uhuru themselves are considered to be the three singers, which right. is like. Cause, I guess because the lineup did change, but the singers are, there's a lot of groups like that. I mean, even, even the Whalers, like, I mean, before they became Bob Marley and the Whalers and became international and stuff, even the three singers, even though obviously there's backup musicians, there's Peter, Bunny, and Bob, and that's the group. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the same idea. And there's, you know, it's almost so, every vocal pop group, though. Right, same thing, too, right? It's the same deal. But it's weird with these, I guess, because this was already into the era when people were self contained bands, and they sort of were a self contained band, mm. and they had very high. Sly and Robbie are probably arguably more famous than, than, than Black Akuru is now. I mean, just because they've done so much over the past, like, 30, 40 years, right? Right. So it was strange that they weren't considered part of the group, even though they were clearly part of the group. Whatever, yeah, anyway. Uh, cool band, cool song. Cats are killing each other over there. Yeah. Wow, well, it sounds like they're killing each other, yeah. but really, I think they're having a real, uh, real good time there. Yeah, yeah. Now, kind of got him cornered. Yeah, he's a real asshole. <laughs> like, like ten percent of the time, he's the worst cat I've ever met. But ninety percent of the time, I just love the shit out of him. So I hope this is picking up the, the hissing stuff. It's kind of funny. <laughs> he likes to hiss and spit a lot and yeah. make it seem like he's doing worse than he is. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I say because he's my cat and she's the wife's. <laughs> so. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, that, that was anyway, a yeah. fits host. Yeah, it does. The dinner, right? It's uh, yeah, yeah. So, I would also highly recommend their live album, um, which came out in the same era, and it's uh, the rare reggae live album that is not just kind of this boring, you know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Because a lot of really bad reggae live albums. So, very, very bad. Kind of like hip hop live albums where they'll play like 
a few seconds of a song. Oh, and yeah, then just do like the, switch to something else. Do the whole then, medley thing. Yeah, and there's yeah. just like a giant medley for 20 minutes. Like, yeah. I don't, I want to hear, was, I wanna hear the, original, the individual songs. I don't, you know. That was yeah. the big thing that was happening, hey, a few years ago with all the uh, reunion tours for hip hop groups yeah. in the 90s. And yeah, you and go, it's like, great, Wu Tang is reunited. This is fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Hear it. And then you listen to that live album they put out, which is the last one that ODB was on, right? It was at the Rock the Bells thing. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's a couple minutes of a song. Sound of someone breaking glass goes into a couple yeah. of the next song. Yeah, EP- and they're all rapping each other's lyrics on top of each other, and it's like I don't, I love Wu Tang, but I don't want to hear it. Like EP- EPMD was the same thing. I caught right. them in the right. exchange district. It was like ten bucks, something amazing. I was super. Yeah. Who else was playing that night? Shad. Shad was playing that night. Right. Uh, so I was like, okay, am I gonna go see Shad or am I gonna go see EPMD? I'm like, I'll see Shad. I'll get a chance to see Shad again. Yeah. Probably Eric Presh. You know. Yeah, not his life. Probably not coming back. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was god awful. It was like thirty seconds, forty five seconds of a song. Yeah, gunshots or the, yeah. the click, click, and then onto, and then the onto song, another yeah, hit. Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I, don't, I, don't uh, I find cool. it's. I think it's hard to put together a live hip hop show, and then also just uh, another thing I've been noticing, especially playing the jazz festivals and seeing groups around, is live pop or like live uh, EDM bands. Yeah, like so some of the stuff. Uh, I don't know if you guys went to the jazz festival, but on on the Saturday they have a lot of indie groups. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A the lot of this, yeah, a lot yeah. of the stuff now is mostly done on the computer uh, and you have maybe somebody playing along or maybe somebody's hitting like a cue on a keyboard that right. activates like a, a path yeah. or something like that. It, it's just, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like, uh, it's tough to make a live show. And actually, I was talking with one guy who was working, a friend of mine who was working on a pop show. And when that project was still going on, he was thinking about hiring musicians just to act along or play along with the Oh, computer. really? Okay. Just really? like, like, kind of style, like, like uh, but like drum, like pl- play along, but nothing would be plugged in, wow. and it would just be the. Really? I wonder how much that music. actually happens. That probably does happen fairly often. Awesome. a lot, especially at bigger name shows, like you know MPS Center type shows. I'm sure some of these guys. Oh, have, I, yeah, oh yeah. He was saying that um, that Headley people like Headley, they'll have like four computers backstage, and they're each queued to play at the same time, wow. and if one crafts out, the others. Wow! Hey. Just to avoid any kind of embarrassing, like hey, you still playing to a computer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, having for, yeah playing. That's well, true. even even a lot of bands that you know, you, you watch some band like I guess an example would be someone like Green Day, right? But back then they were kind of at their. I mean, I guess they're still super famous or whatever. But I remember seeing them in the '90s on TV on some empty much music thing, and there's a dude in the background playing second guitar. Yeah, yeah, and he's not. Up front, he's just kind of hiding back there. Yeah, and like the offspring, all those punk bands from that kind of nineties era, they always had a couple guys kind of to make it polishing full of it up. Sound, yeah, because right? it's yeah. like you know a lot of it's maybe not as good as I, I mean the offspring is a perfect example. I went to Minneapolis in like fifteen years, ten years ago, more than ten, eleven years ago to see the Warp tour just on a trip, and they were playing there. We didn't catch their set. We heard them as we were coming up to the, the venue, the, the, the baseball stadium, or whatever, and they were horrible. <laughs> I mean, the guy was singing completely off key and everything, mm-hmm. but. You, we saw like the last few minutes of it, and there's a dude who's definitely not part of the band who's actually doing the bulk of the guitar parts. So yeah. yeah, well, I, I mean, Dexter probably... Holland's got a lot of uh, strutting around, yeah. and I guess uh, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy, that guy sacrificed a lot of his music to get Nitro Records some money. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I feel that in the end it wasn't really worth it because they did put up some good AFI albums. Right? Yeah, they, the good AFI the albums were Nitro, exactly. but I mean, besides that, you know, you're not really like, oh yeah, that Nitro Records sampler. Really good. Yeah, that, that one that like you listen to once. Dexter Holland yeah. put pretty fly for a white guy to make uh, you to know. make yeah some shit yeah. nitro. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen interviews with the guy, and he says he admits straight up. He says I sacrificed my band's integrity to get money for my label. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. Know. I'm not saying anything shitty about the Offspring. No, no, I, I, that was huge I noticed that well. Like, at at, at award ceremonies and stuff, you see like a fourth, a fourth, yes. a fourth guy yeah. playing, uh, playing off, off, off stage for Green Day. And they're never, yeah. they're never mentioned, right? No. Yeah. And like, it's like, oh, who's this? What's this guy doing? Yeah, but yeah he's right. filling in. And I, I mean, you're never really sure how much of that shit is pre-recorded on a computer. That's usually, yeah. usually like live vocals, or usually vocals are always live, or they'll be singing along with the record. Yeah. yeah so you do hear something that sounds live, but it's still yeah. Not, yeah, yeah Which yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of understand. Like you've got a hectic touring schedule as is, and you're on Saturday Night Live. You don't want to throw. You know what I mean. You don't want to throw oh, yeah. into everything. Well, especially just for TV. That, especially yeah, for TV. Yeah. Just yeah. You for want that to keep polished and perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, uh, like. I think a lot of these bands, Snarky Puppy or, or like even us faux pas, it's kind of a reaction against more of this push button music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I hate to call it that because I'm sure a lot of work goes in. I don't, I don't know very much about um, Logic or, or you know a lot of these programs that write music or even you know NPCs. I have an NPC, but I haven't really got really yeah, yeah. got into it yet. Uh, but it is a kind of a reaction uh, to bring live music and live instruments back. So for sure, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, personally, I mean, I've seen some great shows where people are, you know, doing something on a computer or a, or a sampler or whatever, but sure. yeah, I feel even with hip-hop and stuff, I, I prefer to see live instruments yeah. with someone rapping on top of that, well, because they don't do that snippet of a song and go to the next song, yeah. because, they're, they, because can't. Yeah. they can't. Yeah, and that, be, that became a lot more prevalent in the past five or six years, yeah, seeing cool. full, full band hip-hop. Yeah. And it kind of gives you, even if it's someone you already respect their, their ability as a rapper, it gives you almost more respect for them because it's a totally different environment for them to be doing that than yeah. it is just on record sure. sure. And and you start you start living more uh, more with a line of uh, anything could happen. You know what I yeah. mean? When you have yeah. when you have a band in play, this no matter how talented the musicians are, something can always go, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's my alpha's been doing that for a long time and then there's bands like um, you guys know Super Duty Tough Work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, 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 we had a show, show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, Brandon was here. That no, uh, um, a guy who does uh, Tribute to episodes every once in a while. I did an episode with them. Uh, okay. We didn't actually they didn't, they didn't see us, but uh, okay. yeah, super cool band. Like, yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's live band hip hop for sure. It is. Yeah, it is. So uh, we do have one more song to pick, and that's gonna be your your second choice. But okay. before we get to that, uh, we like to kind of do a little wrap up thing. We let people know where they can hear our guest's music, where they can find our episodes of our show. So uh, if someone is hearing you for the first time on this podcast and wants to check out your music, what do they do? Okay, so stuff. you can go to faupafunk dot com. Uh, that will direct that will link you directly to our Bandcamp page. Okay, um, and then our next thing coming up is on September seventh at the Park Theater, our CD release. Cool. cool. Unless otherwise noted, I'll be uh, I'll be uh, posting events on Facebook. So on Facebook, you can find us at faupafunk on Twitter, uh, faupafunk music. Um, Find us and you know follow us, and then you will uh, we'll post things of our events coming up. So cool. the next big thing is our CD release in September. So keep an eye out for that. One thing we didn't ask: what's the what's the album called? Do you have a title for it? It's called Psychedemic. Psychedemic. It's the name of one of our songs. So yeah, cool. It's an epidemic of psychedelic. Cool. Versions. Sounds oh, good. I like it. Wow. I like the title. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, if, uh, yeah, definitely people should check that out and uh, and hopefully go to the show. You know when you have your release party. But before, uh, if you want to check out more episodes of this show, go to witchpolice.com. This is probably episode uh, almost 190, so you go through the archives, it's all there for free download and streaming uh, in per perpetuity. So you can you probably know some of the artists we've talked to over the past few years. Um, you can also find us on you know all the various social media things. Look for which police is pretty hard to screw up. Uh, it's usually us. Yeah. And uh, we are on the radio on uh, UMFM on Sunday nights at midnight. And we do have a live show coming up. We do have a live show coming up as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, back in May, we did something called uh, the Big Mix Up, which was. Uh, a show we called uh, Improvised 
was it? Random random bands. Random improvised songs. Random bands improvised songs. The premise was we had about 15 <coughs> different musicians uh, from local, really wide variety of local bands, mm. pretty much as far ranging and genre wise as we could find. And uh, they came on stage and we would draw names out of a hat. They would make random bands on stage and they would have to play songs based on audience suggestions. So if someone yelled out, uh, one of the songs was, the, the, the genre was swing and the theme was necrophilia. So the band had two minutes to huddled together and improvise a song about necrophilia in a swing wow. style. And then that was kind of went on like that. So uh, we're doing another one and that's yes. happening August 29th at the Park Theatre as well. The Park Theatre. And uh, we have a totally new lineup of people. So if you were at the last one, uh, none of those people are playing again. We'll still be there hosting, but it's, uh, it's a pretty, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately you're stuck with us, but <laughs> it's a completely new lineup. Uh, again, 15 or so local musicians uh, from a pretty wide range of genres. And uh, you can find all the information about that on our Facebook page. Uh, there'll be a post on wishpolice.com in the next few days. And we really hope people come out to that. Uh, the reason that we're doing a second one is because the first one uh, had such a positive response for everyone who was, you know, at the show and the musicians as well. And the park really liked it. So uh, we want to keep doing these every few months. Yeah, come out. Please come out. Yeah. And uh, bring hot dogs. Bring hot dogs. Veggie hot dogs, dogs, preferably. Veggie dogs would be good. Yeah, uh, or chicken be... dogs if you want my wife to eat. Only chicken dogs, veggie dogs. Are... Yeah, well, she doesn't like veggie dogs. She doesn't eat uh, beef or pork, so. I guess it's the only option, really. She's, she's a picky eater. Okay, so bring veggie dogs and come to the park theater on, uh, and whatever the thing you just said. Live chickens. Live chickens, yeah. August 29th. So what is your last song uh, to go with the host? Oh, I can't decide. I have a few queued up here. Um, I don't know. I think I might stick with the internet theme okay. that I had going on. This is a song called The Government Knows by Knower. Do you guys know Knower? Knower? Like Knower? No E-R? Uh, yeah, K-N-O-W-E-R. No, I don't know. So they're, they're kind of a... I don't, know, I don't know what they're called. They're like electronica duo from Los Angeles. Uh, there's a singer, uh, there's a singer, and then the drummer's name is Lewis Cole, and I think he does all the programming. Okay. Can't remember the singer's name. So my friend from school hit me to them. Uh, they're young. They're uh, they went to jazz school in California. Cool. And now they have this this kind of electronica project. Cool. So, cool. Knower, the government knows. Awesome. Let's check it out. Thanks check for listening, everybody. When you masturbate, the government knows when you masturbate. The government knows when you feel alone and it's getting late and you're sitting at home. Looking straight through your webcam, looking at you as Uncle Sam. Look him in the eyes with your balls in your hand and stick it to the f***ing man. Stare at the screen when you unpack, the government is staring back. This is how they know you best with a dick in your right and a mouse in your left. No more interest in the Middle East, so they look at you while you touch your meat. In the middle of a truce, they put the equipment to the use. Why you think you pay the tax for drums and spies, computer hacks? Tax has gone through the roof, at least it's put to good use. The government knows. The government knows. The government knows when you masturbate. The government knows when you're whacking it. The government knows when you feel alone and it's getting late and you're sitting at home. They fill the sky full of drones to check on you and your bone. Size don't matter to the CIA, they can see your dick from outer space.
knows when you masturbate. The government knows when you masturbate. The government knows when you feel alone and it's getting late and you're sitting at home. Looking straight through your webcam, looking at you as Uncle Sam. Look him in the eyes with your balls in your hand and stick it to the man. In the zone, weird look on your face. This is how you store in their database. They're all around, they're all no wink. The only dick they haven't seen is Edward Snowden's.